If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Country Wine and Spirits is San Diego's premier wine and spirits purveyor. They offer unmatched beverage service with competitive pricing and a tradition of upscale service. They provide fine wines, a variety of liquors, spirits, craft and imported beers, imported cigars, and exotic tobacco accessories. Country Wine and Spirits is now available online, and if you use cwspirits.com slash heybartender, you get 5% off your entire order. That's right, 5% off your entire order. Go to cwspirits.com slash heybartender and find your favorite spirit or wine today and get 5% off just by using cwspirits.com slash heybartender. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, this is Jessica Arendt. I am the CEO and founder of a company called Promessa LLC, jessicaarendt.com, where you can get all of your cannabis and hemp information in one shot. And you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. All right, so let's get this started. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. How's the weather out in, uh, you said you're from Florida, right? Yep, I'm in Daytona, actually, and this is Daytona 500 weekend. Ooh. It's, uh... Getting, uh, it's kind of mid-70s. Are you anywhere near the, the Daytona Speedway? Can you hear anything? Yes, you can hear the hum on the track as it goes around its truck. So you pretty heavy hum. Mm. And it's just this constant humming sound. It sounds like, sometimes it sounds like bees. Bees? <laughs> just mad bees just going around your house somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, so Jessica, why don't you... Uh, Give us a little bit about yourself, uh, uh, who you are, where you're from, and we'll get this started. Okay. I am Jessica Arendt. I am well known as the Hemp Enchantress. Enchantress is a play on um, cannabis and enchanting, or an enchantress. Um, I kind of speak the magic of the cannabis plant and the healing properties, so I'm pretty passionate about it. Um, I am and have been in the industry of cannabis and hemp now for about, give or take, seven, nine years. Um, and I came from tequila. So you're based on the stuff that I've seen. I've uh, watched you on TikTok. I've seen. Uh, I've watched you on Instagram. Uh, you have a vast knowledge of the hemp industry, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. But let's get to know a little bit more about you. Uh, you said before we started recording that you have a family that was originally. You have a history, a family history of being in the service industry. Yes, that is correct. So um, my grandfather was a hotelier with the National Park Association. Um, he worked in Jackson Hole and he worked in Yosemite, um, some of the amazing parks. Um, and then my parents were uh, restaurateurs 
and uh, did some great business in Italy for a while. So I come from a definitive service background, the original Eloise, I think. So uh, did you work for the, uh, work for them at all? or? Well, um, you know, at two years old, I was driving golf clubs around, golf clubs around behind my grandfather on instruction. Um, <laughs> but yes, I worked for my father. Um, you know, everybody will tell you working for their parents is tough. Yeah. Um, I managed a restaurant for them. I worked in front of the house, in the back of the house, learned how to um, oversee an entire um, restaurant program. Um, it was an originally fine dining, and then they kind of changed everything up, renamed it, rebranded it, and it became the very first sushi bar in Lake Tahoe. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I have historically been in and out of the service industry because that pays the bills when you need it too from here now and then. Well, yeah, like I've talked to many bartenders, the it's working in the service industry is kind of a good feeling that you can pretty much get a job anywhere you go. There, there's always turnover, yeah. and uh, you can pretty much pick if you pick a city, and you can get a job there. That's all you have to do if you're willing to go back to working uh, into the service industry. So it, that's got to give you a good exactly. Time. So have you spent time behind the bar? Yes, I've spent some time behind the bar. Yeah. Um. So you. Uh, you talk about that you're, uh, you and I have talked before that you, you are, a uh, tequila aficionado basically. Now, is there a favorite tequila drink that you, uh, that you were to have? Yes. I have a go-to cocktail and that is actually a jalapeno hibiscus paloma. So, um, the drink in Mexico is poor man's drink. Everybody's like, what the heck? It's literally fresca and tequila. Um, it's 65 calories. It's what in tequila? It's fresca. Remember fresca? Oh, fresca. It's a fresca. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what most don't know is that fresca has zero calories and it sugar comes from aspartame. So not really great for you, but not really bad for you. And Mexicans love it. And the original Paloma is a dirty drink. It's, it's the fresca and the tequila. That's it. Over ice. Nothing fancy, right? So um, I like to take it up a notch and I add hibiscus syrup to it and some jalapenos and get that muddled down and add some tequila um, and I'm golden. Or I, I do have a favorite brand and tequila, completely organic that I'm kind of hopping on right now. I like it kind of smooth and hot. So um, I go in for a cucumber, jalapeno, muddled kind of a flavor. I really like the heat and then add a little bit of a hibiscus or a simple syrup to it. Gives it a little bit of that sweet and boom, all afternoon floating in a pool with my cocktail. <laughs> sounds pretty refreshing. A little bit of heat uh, added to it makes it sounds pretty interesting. What'd you call it again? Well, um, it's kind of my spin on a Paloma and there okay. is no name for it. It's kind of my own deal. Um, and I came up with it with a bartender actually in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Um, I wanted something that was kind of sweet, but kind of hot something I could sip on all afternoon. I kind of go in for the reposado, so the añejo, so I needed something that was going to be smooth and blend in um, and muddled nicely. Um, so that's that was kind of my own concoction. And I think in total, you're talking about 75 calories per 16 ounces or something. I mean, it's really... And when you add the jalapeno heat, it kicks in that metabolism. So, you know, it gets it all done. <laughs> Well, you uh, you heard her, people. So if you uh, give that drink a try, and if you give it a shot, let me know or let the Encantress know how you uh, how you liked it. 
we're all very always very curious, and we like encourage everybody that tr- to try to make these drinks after you've listened to the podcast. So thank you very much for that, um, uh, yeah. Jessica. And I hope people get out there and give that one a try. Now, you, you said you had a preferred tequila to go along with it. Now, can you pretty much use any tequila? Would you prefer silver tequila or... So it's really a matter of your knowledge of tequila and what your preferences. Okay, so when you go in for a a short distill, a clear tequila, you're talking about a first pass, right? That's like a 30-day to a 90-day resting period, and it's in the vat. So it comes out for me a little bit like ethanol. It's just um, – did, did I just lose you? Hold on. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, great. So it comes out a little bit like ethanol. Um, in that it's just got that hot bite, and that's why people gag. They're like, okay. Um, So if you go in for a frago, which is that kind of golden pineapple, caramel kind of color, that super light tone, that's the middle middle of the road resting. A reposado means rested. It's rested anywhere from nine to about 24 months. You're going to come up with something that's got more citrus back notes, um, a nicer pineapple kind of a flavor of a back note in some cases. Generally, they're rested in these amazing barrels that had cognac and southern spirits in them, so they pop a little bit sweeter. And then when you go in for a longer class, like an Añejo, that's going to be 24 to 36, five years, 24 to 36 months, five years, or upwards of seven and eight years. That's when it gets super dark like a cognac. It gets really beautiful long legs. So in the case of this drink, yeah, I tend to go in with the reposado. I like that middle of the road because it adds just enough citrus to it to kind of give it that pop of flavor. Um, I tend to drink the Añejo's neat. Um, when I'm talking about my, my favorite profiles, um, if you were to Google Jessica Arendt, Forbes, Spirits of Mexico, the very last thing I did in the tequila industry was give my top eight picks of artisanal brands to Forbes magazine. And you can find it in 2016 if you do a little research. Yeah, you actually had an article in Forbes. Oh, that's amazing. I've had two. Oh, two, or, uh, two articles in Forbes magazine. That's amazing. Yeah. You and I talked about this a little bit before the show, but we're, I want I would like you to bring it up again. You have a ton of knowledge of tequila, and yes. uh, so how did how exactly did that start? Um, Carlos Santana. Conversation. <laughs> I did. Um, I was a, a known blogger, um, and I was just kind of getting traction. And I came from Hispanic culture, blogging about travel and tourism into destinations in Mexico and um, he his bodyguard um, is a special friend of mine and so um, his bodyguard's John it may be an introduction and so it became a conversation of are you interested in writing for me I've just invested in this tequila and it was Noble Blogger Series and then the challenge was through actually delivered through his marketing man Dave Yan at the time and the challenge was give us a blog and they had a thousand entries and they were choosing 13 out of the thousand entries to feature um, as marketing, you know, ploy for the Casa Noble brand, which was just up and coming at the time. And I would say this was like 12 or 14 years ago now, so I'm dating myself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I did some research to figure out what was hot and trending because I really wanted it to go viral. I really wanted to put my name on the table and be recognized. And I thought, this is the way to do it. And everybody was talking about and reading Fifty Shades of Grey. And it was like the hot topic. So I wrote a wee bit of a lascivious piece about a woman and a man meeting 
in a bar and she recognized him by the quality and distinguished tequila that he drank. And it was very hot. It was a very, you were in that bar, you were feeling it. Her satin dress, his pants, you were feeling it. And it was the 13th um, piece chosen. So it was the very last one. Talk about sweating bullets. Um, and it did go nuts. Everybody read it and went crazy over it. And that was kind of my introduction to the tequila world. Then I got offers. So would you like to come and work with us? Have you ever had tequila? And I was like, well, yeah, kind of. I, I had that one experience that one time. And so, I, I mean, I knew tequila, have had tequila as a tasting tequila because I have done business in Mexico forever. So it's table wine there. But this was a completely different offer and opportunity. And so I really dove in. And I worked with amazing brands, um, one of the first being Via Sul. Um, they were just up and coming, had just hit the market within the first year and a half. And today, here they are 15 years later, and they're just about every shelf in, you know, 15 states, I believe, and around the world. Um, and to have watched that is amazing and to have been part of that for a moment. So that's kind of how I got into the tequila world. And I got an invitation a few years in by the government of Mexico to go through the expert program and um, be recognized. And so I did. And that was fun. So there you go. So, yeah, you got, uh, you, you got lots of schooling. You, how, long did, how long did it all take you? Um, well, it's kind of trial by fire, and it was a total immersion program, really, if I were to be honest. I mean, you're, you're, all, you're, you're drinking with everybody. It's all day long. Listen, when you go tequila tasting with, with the producers in the tequila world, you start at 7 o'clock in the morning, and you're going till this is goes until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. But you're tasting throughout the day. So it's a complete immersion, if you will. The program itself took a few weeks um, in Mexico City. That was, or Guadalajara, excuse me. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then you're given a certification um, through a testing program. You have to be able to speak the language fluently. They don't do any translating for you. It is a very intense program, and it was pretty amazing. So uh, a person with uh, low tolerance for alcohol like me uh, would probably have a little bit of hard time try, uh, learning something like that if you have to actually test and... Uh, well, no, you don't always swallow. Oh, yeah, that, that would probably help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you work in the wine world, um, I know a lot of chemists in wine, you actually, nobody swallows. I, think about it. If I'm working with that product all day long and I've got to get those tasting notes just right and I'm mixing a wine, for example, that's a completely different experience than it would be from a vat of tequila. So we're talking apples and oranges here, literally. But you're tasting and you're constantly tasting and that's what the spittoon is for. You just spit it right out into the spittoon. You don't, don't swallow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you won't be able to make it back to your hotel room or. <laughs> you're, not, you're not even making it to lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah. I just, I just pictured myself just uh, being flat on my back after maybe two. Uh, if I, if you actually had to drink it as a drink because uh, it's not, uh, I don't, I have low tolerance. It's I, it's not that I'm, I think drinking's bad for you or anything like that. I'm just bad at it. Uh, very low tolerance. Didn't really uh, learn much about it when I was going to school and all that stuff, like most kids. But so I'll tell you a fun, tell you a fun story. I did a tour um, at Herradura in uh, Jalisco, Mexico, the state of Jalisco, 
And I wrote a piece for Tequila Aficionado magazine. It's an online trade magazine you can find. It's in the archive. And it was called El Perro Borracho, which translates to the little drunk dog. <laughs> and the most fascinating part about this tour for me, you know, please keep in mind that I had been in Mexico for a week and I had been doing one after the next, after the next, sometimes two and three a day. Okay. I was tired. It was hot. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. But it was this beautiful property. And I see this kid, so the unique feature of this particular um, distillery is that it is on the original land and it is the original hacienda. So you're going behind a retaining wall into living quarters and into these communal areas, if you will, these beautiful little adobe houses and they're painted in bright blues and yellows before you get to La Estancia, which is the primary house, and you go past that into the store, okay? And I see this child playing with what appears to be like the stuffed animal and the ears are flopping and it's fluffy and it's white and it's so cute as can be. And then she puts it down and I see it run around and I go, oh my goodness, that's a real dog. <laughs> and then it starts to follow our group. And I realize security is hovering around our group and it's this big Mayan you know, security kid. And he's he's trying to catch the little dog. And the dog's dodging him between our ankles of this group going into this distillery. And they're trying to get the gate closed before the dog slips behind the gate. And I hear the security man saying in Spanish, he's screaming, borracho, borracho, which means you little drunk, you little drunk. And the dog is looking over his shoulder while he's slipping underneath the fence line to go with the group. Okay, then I see the dog disappear into the vat room, which is basically a big open cooling warehouse room, inside of which are these giant steel drums that have levers and taps on the edges of them that you pull open, and that's when the tequila pours out, and they drip. And I see that dog get down under that spigot (laughs) and catch a drip, and catch a drip. And then I continued on my tour. And when I came back out, 45 minutes, that dog was passed out and it was just dripping on top of it. And the problem was the security guy couldn't catch the dog before he got behind the gate because the dog is the little trunk on the property. This big, <laughs> this tall, just fluffy, yes. yeah, <laughs> just this little drunk of a dog loved tequila. <laughs> no, I've never uh, personally heard uh, heard of a uh, dog or cat or anything like that getting uh, liking the taste of alcohol except for like maybe the movie Strange Brew but uh, right but uh, that's that's an awesome story uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I never because most people they especially are uh, the people that I know have that have dogs they love their dogs more more than they love more most people and so getting around things like alcohol uh, yeah, maybe you too. <laughs> uh, giving alcohol to dogs is uh, usually out of the question, but well, no, some of them use uh, beer to for their coats and stuff like that. I've heard, but uh, yeah, hops. But the uh, to see a dog drunk on tequila that has to be something. <laughs> I mean, that's it was unreal. It was a great story. Those pictures of the dog and everything, little toy dog. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into a little bit about. Uh, Little little bit about the uh, hemp industry. Now, uh, I was knowing what I know. I, bo- I was born in '76, and I went to Catholic school, so a lot of that stuff really didn't uh, present itself all that much to me as 
uh, as some other kids or uh, some other people my age. But uh, at first, going going into high school, yeah, everybody was you know marijuana. Ooh, that's the taboo uh, taboo thing to talk about. But then all of a sudden, uh, as I'm getting out of high school, things like hemp jewelry start to become fashionable. This is in the mid '90s. And I remember my community college teacher, uh, who was, uh, uh, he, he was a history teacher, but a hippie to the bone. I mean, you never, uh, it would be nothing short of a miracle to see him in a suit and well, it would be nothing short of a miracle to see him in anything but tie dye, uh, t-shirt and shorts. But somebody brought up, uh, hemp jewelry and the teacher started making fun of him. You know, sure you can smoke hemp jewelry, but you're not going to get very far and, uh, but, you know, that was just the joke for the longest time. But in the most recent years, uh, hemp has been being used more commercially in more products. And uh, it's even made its way into the liquor industry. Now, um, based, uh, based on your knowledge, when about, uh, when about did that all start? Well, it didn't start with legalization uh, in the United States. It, it, it's been happening for a while. Right. Okay. So um, you have to understand the history of hemp first to begin with. What many do not know is that hemp is and has been a primary um, commodity in this country from its inception. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington mandated it's in the Constitution that every farmer grow one acre of hemp. We used hemp to fund expeditions. We extracted the medicines from hemp then. And we used it clear up to 1937 when we faced prohibition because of a man named Harry Anslinger who decided that he was coming after marijuana, a word that he made up, and ironically, Billie Holiday at the same time. So hemp has been a station, if you will, in our society from its inception. We had a movement um, about eight years ago, and this is where it all began. We were very heavily playing in the world of cannabinoids. Cannabinoids are the molecules that we extract out of the cannabis plant. And it, the entire genus is cannabis L, cannabis sativa L. Okay. Under that, you have hemp and cannabis. Hemp is defined as being the different, the differentiator. Okay. Hemp is defined as having less than 0.3% total THC per volume by comparison to cannabis that has no limitations on its total THC. So if we were going to do apples to apples, basically you're talking about the head of a pin versus the whole of the plant. Okay. So we're working with cannabinoids. Um, I want to say that goes back probably about 15 years in the cannabis world since we started allowing medical cannabis in each state, Oregon, Washington, as they begin to pop open, right? So fast forward to about eight years ago when a woman named Paige Figgy um, has a child named Charlotte. She has a set of twins, Charlotte and Chase. Charlotte is unwell. Charlotte has a condition called Dravet Syndrome. Dravet syndrome is a neurological condition. It affects children, and it will cause that child to have seizures sporadically upwards of 400 and 600 times a day. It is the most horrific thing you, you can watch. It's horrifying. Charlotte was never, audit- was never verbal. So um, about the time that Charlotte is about four or five, Paige starts learning and figuring out that there are extracts from the cannabis plant that can be given to Charlotte that will minimize those seizures. 
Long and short, she gets together with a group called the Stanley Brothers. She went to school with them. They live in Black Forest, Colorado, which is right outside of Colorado Springs. And she sits down with seven Stanley Brothers and she says, you grow cannabis, you're botanists, I need this for Charlotte. They come up with a strain. The strain is called Charlotte's Web. And that is the very first recognized hemp strain in which we start extracting for medicinal purposes. It goes viral. It hits every news station in the country. Parents are going crazy. The only place you can medically get it and legally get it is in the state of Colorado, and Paige created that movement. Suddenly, parents of children are throwing everything away, selling everything they have, gathering the money and the donations from family to move to Colorado to get their hands on these hemp extracts for these cannabinoids that are relieving these children and giving them quality of life. Charlotte died last year from complications of COVID. She was 13 years old or just about to turn 13 years old. Yeah. You can read about Charlotte everywhere. But Charlotte's movement was extraordinary. There's a brand in the hemp marketplace called Charlotte's Web now, and that is built by the Stanley Brothers. You can find it on just about every retail shelf. It is mainstream. Seven or eight years ago, to say that we would have a mainstream combination com conversation People were like, listen, Jessica, my, my mother, you just need an excuse to be a pothead. It's never going to take off. Um, whoa. Hold up. So we started going mainstream with this product more or less eight years ago. Then we start seeing these companies or these little ancillary pop-ups happening um, of people jumping into the industry. And suddenly these extracts are finding their way into every conceivable product. I mean, by the time I was done with year one, we were going from, this is a syringe. Inside the syringe is what's called Rick Simpson oil or FICO oil. Um, and out of that FICO oil, we're getting little kernels, rice-sized kernels. And that's what we're giving these children when they have a seizure, they lock it down and you know, three minutes later, everything's fine again in their world, no side effects. We were taking these children out of these strollers in these drooling, passive, gone, you know, someplace else, drugged out kids, think pharmaceuticals, and they were having quality of life because they were using these extracts instead, and these parents were pulling these pharmaceuticals from these children and eventually had these amazing quality of life. So having seen it over and over and over again, now we go into a movement of, well, gosh, I can make money on it. And I will give the example. Seven years ago, we were using a product called Isolate. Basically, what we're doing is we're taking the extract out of the plant. We're squeezing it for the oil and the juice. We want the molecules inside that juice. And we're looking for a particular molecule called CBD. It's one of hundreds. CBD is one of hundreds. <clears throat> and CBD is cannabidiol. So we want to extract out cannabidiol because the hardest thing in the world is to formulate an end product with an oil. The oil is active. The molecules move around. So if I make a tray of gummies using one tube of oil, okay, of this extract, and it's a live organism in that condition, it's going to move around in whatever I put it in. So this piece over here could have a heavier dose than this piece back here because it's kind of doing its own thing in there, right? Mm. And it tends to bind to fatty things. So if I'm putting it into a chocolate base or a gelatin base, it's going, oh, my, my, and it's locking onto things, and now I've got an increase in dosing. So we figured out that we could create an isomer. We could isolate it out. And so 
the way that we did it back then was we poured the oil into, we extracted everything else out except the CBD, the cannabidiol. We got down to the oil that was just cannabidiol. Then we take that, put it in basically a baking pan, drop that, that baking pan into 40 below, put it into that freezer, kiss it at night, and come back in six to eight weeks, open it up, and magic crystals had grown up, and it was gorgeous. And take those magic crystals, wash them off, throw them into a Cuisinart, get them down to a powder, wash that off again, get it down to another powder. And now I have the molecule I need to work with, but it's been stabilized. And I can drop that into anything and it's going to be a consistent dose through and through. And the user, seven out of 10 times, he's going to feel an effect from it because he is cannabinoid deficient, okay? So that's when we started to see gummies happening because then we figured out, oh, we can take the isolate, we don't need to use the oil, and we can pop that into gummies. And so you started seeing gummies come everywhere. And then you started seeing chocolates come into the market. So it's been a systematic um, progression. Cosmetics are an original formulation. It's the product of rogue witches. You know, we take some beeswax and we take some shea butter and we take some extract and we smooth that stuff together and throw in some lavender to make it smell better and we smear that stuff on our face and we go, okay, that's next. Um, MCT and hemp extracts are natural SPF 16 by themselves. You don't need any other chemical and it's a nice browning agent. And, you know, it also pushes out fungus and it's antibacterial. So we saw what it could do very quickly and then it started hitting these mainstream products. The first product hit the real shelves at CDS. That product was put out by a company called Veritas. That product um, was the first display in the CVS store model, and that was four years ago. So now you can find it's nanos particles now, and now you can find CBD in everything. And the most recent development, I just drove by a pizza parlor, and you can have CBD-based pizza if you want to. Oh, wow. Humboldt's finest hemp-infused vodka is a uniquely botanical spirit infused with locally grown hemp. This homage to Humboldt County's most iconic cash crop drinks like a gin, but not. This spirit is refreshing and herbaceous with notes of pine, cucumber, green tea, lemongrass, and basil. You can get Humboldt's finest hemp-infused vodka on cwspirits.com slash heybartender. You use that link and you get an automatic 5% off your entire order. Go order today. Hey, bartender. I needed to know, uh, did you have sit down with the internet and a bunch of books around you to gain all that information that you just recited to me? Because that's... That's an incredible amount of information that you just gave me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I spent 47 years of my life going from one, I call them projects now. I, I was before my time, going from one job to the next. Back in the day when they said, you lack any responsibility whatsoever, you're unaccountable, inaccountable for, and you have no sense of direction. And I would say, I absolutely have a sense of direction. The universe plucks me out of this job when it's ready, and it plucks me down into this job when it's ready. And then the universe goes, oh, that's not going to be good for you anymore. It plucks me out, it's be down someplace else. And each one of these moving parts takes me to the next place. And I am always open to learning. Here's what's a fun fact. I'm a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. I got a GED at age 28 out of shame. Um, I did produce two extraordinary adults who went to amazing universities on full rides. <laughs> Not me. Um, 
And I have always been part and partial to the hack learning concept. I am a hack learner. I could not sit in a classroom with people. So I got this education through mentors and going out and getting as much information as I possibly could from people who were smarter than myself. Dr. Mishulam, for example, Raphael Mishulam comes from Jerusalem. He is the doctor that discovered this um, the year I was born. Or I got to open one day in, um, I did a speaking event, my very first one in Mexico, and I opened for um, Lumer Hanush. He is the Czechoslovakian doctor that discovered THC. Um, So I've had extraordinary opportunities to sit down and learn things, and I'm a sponge because I'm super passionate about it because I hit my stride in this industry when I was 47 years old. And let me tell you what it feels like to be like, Told you so. <laughs> I'm not the stigma. Turns out I was ahead of the head of the game right. and ahead of my time. And ultimately the parents that tried to beat it out of me, shame me, send me to boarding school, threaten me with military school. I don't know if you remember a program called Outward Bound. Uh, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I believe Outward Bound eventually sued for abuse towards children. And they literally dragged me to the front step and said, if you don't quit this, you're going here. And I went, mm, I, this is my choice. This is my body, my choice. I just instinctively believed in it. So cannabis and hemp. So for me, um, doing all of this, it's, it's so much fun because huh, I have absolutely patented the I told you so dance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, based on, uh, you've given us uh, a lot of information on how people have broken down cannabis to uh to the usable medicinal and uh i mean when i was in high school the kids you know they all they did they had they had the pipes they had the bongs whatever and all they did was just smoke off that and then sit back and talk about how stoned they are for the next two hours and yeah uh but uh as time time goes on uh, all of a sudden uh, i was in oregon the day that they legalized it for recreational use, I was uh, training for my day job at the time and I was staying at a hotel and it was funny. I I laughed my ass off because uh, the day before it was legalized, the whole floor of my hotel reeked of the skunkiest stuff that you'd ever believe in your life. I'm just like, somebody has got some really wicked stuff because you know uh, my mind was still set back in the mid nineties where, you know, people were coming up with things like chronic and, uh, you know, all it was was just smoking joints or smoking out of a pipe and stuff like that. Non, all recreational, non-specific use, except for one friend of mine who used it for chronic back pain. But, mm-hmm. uh, but then all of a sudden one day it gets legalized. But then after I heard it got legalized, all of a sudden I'm starting to hear about things like CBD and, uh, getting curious about it uh, because I'm like, what's, what's the difference? And uh, you know, you, you got your CBD oils, you got, I didn't, I didn't know there was a difference between CBD and THC. Uh, I've been threatened by a number of uh, people that I've worked for that said, if you take CBD, it'll come up on a drug test and you will be fired. And I'm just, like whatever and uh i've never personally tried it uh i'm not and i'm not just saying that in case my boss is listening or something like that i honestly (laughs) uh honestly i've never tried it but 
uh, for the people that work in the restaurant industry, they uh, have suffer a lot of things like anxiety, uh, muscle pain, back pain, uh, or a bunch of stuff like that. Um, what would, uh, what would you basically suggest for people like that? Because they don't really have the opportunity to see a doctor and get meds or something like that, but something reasonably simple that is safe to advise about. Let me break it down for you first, because the education here is key and super important. Right. Okay. It's not even taught in medical schools yet, yet. And yet it is a very common language happening right now. It is the discovery of what's called the endocannabinoid system. The endocannabinoid system exists inside of anything with a spinal column. You, me, the dog, a cat. Okay. The endocannabinoid system is a series of cells that exists throughout your body and sit on top of every major organ is called receptors, CB1 and CB2 receptors. We're now starting to work with CB3. We're going to leave that off the table for now. Okay, we're going to keep this really simple. Those receptors lock on to conversation in order to tell our endocannabinoid cells to perform a function. We are looking for something called homeostasis. That is your body's ability or my body's ability to function at its optimum and prime under the most stressful of conditions, mind, body, and soul. Okay, so how does this work? Well, we discovered that the cannabis plant exudes or expresses phytocannabinoids that mimic endocannabinoids. This is the basis of the science, okay? The phytocannabinoid, of which there are more than 400, exists within plants like hops, cannabis, hemp, the rind of a grapefruit, okay? But hops and grapefruit cannot produce the same volumes that a hemp or cannabis plant can produce. The cannabis plant produces fewer cannabinoids and greater THC. The hemp plant produces greater cannabinoids and less THC by its very definition. So let's talk about delivery and understanding how it works in the body first, okay? And then I'm going to get to the answer of your question. When we were kids, we were taught the runner's high was our endorphins. And the expression of our endorphins created that hallucination kind of effect, okay? And that just came from the runner's high. And that was the end of that explanation. That is a myth. Out of the frontal lobe, you actually produce something called anandamide. Anandamide was discovered and named by Dr. Lumiere Hanush. Okay? Anandamide mimics THC. And you have to think about it like this. In the days of the caveman, when we were created, man, your job, sorry, was to go out and hunt and gather and bring back some things to eat. But you didn't find it in the back alley. And you didn't find it in the field next door. You were gone for days, weeks, and months at a time. And then you had nothing to protect you from any of those elements. And then you had to drag whatever the hell it was you got all the way back with you. While I waited by a fire, breastfed some babies, procreated, and took care of home and hearth, right? And continued to make new babies. Mm -hmm. I had the best job, sort of. Okay. (laughs) 
But because you're under so much stress and you have to go and get those things and you were not provided the basic clothing and protection that we have since developed, the natural protection was to create a disconnect between brain and body to send you into a euphoric state so that you could keep going. Mm. And that was an end one. Okay. And that is the real truth behind the other side. Okay. So that expression creates anxiety. That is a frontal lobe um, molecular experience chemistry that is completely separate from the rest of these experiences. Now let's go to the cannabinoids. A cannabinoid is a general umbrella term for all of the molecules that exist inside the plant and the molecules that exist inside of our body. Okay. The cannabinoids have different profiles. They are called CBG, cannabigerol, CBN, um, cannabinol. Um, you have the minor, so you'll have CBGVA, you'll have CBG, CBDA. Cannabidiol is CBD. It's one of many of these cannabinoids. Then you also have something called a terpene. A terpene is a scent expression. It's a molecule that puts off a scent. Every scent is designed to help cure or affect us in some way. When you put all of these together, it's called the entourage effect. They all work harmoniously together and independently to perform these functions. So it works like this. I take that expression or those molecules out of the plant. I send it into my body somehow, some way. It locks on to those receptors I initially talked about, CB1 and CB2. It messages our own endocannabinoid system, and it goes, hey, listen, this doesn't work because you're all jacked up. You have swelling up here in the shoulder. Your eye is twitching over here. You have extra, I don't know, extra appetite you shouldn't ordinarily have. Whatever is going on with your body, including cancerous cells, those molecules go in, lock on, and message your body to go to work to correct itself. And that is the entire science behind all of this. Pretty basic. Mm. When you take each one of these molecules, each one of these molecules is, does something different in its own right. It could be antifungal, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, analgesic, anti-nausea. Maybe it promotes appetite. It'll kill an appetite. Maybe it'll send you into a um, more energetic state. It will change your mood, your anxiety, your elation. So any one of these moving parts or these molecules can create a different effect inside of the body, but collectively as well, they can do more work. So in the case of a cancer victim, for example, we try to flood their system with lots of THC and all the other cannabinoids because THC is the killer molecule. That's the one that goes in and kills the cancer cells. When we're talking about the case of COVID, the University of Oregon, for example, just released research last month that verified that two, CBG and CBN, minor of their minor cannabinoids, would interfere with the spiking of the protein of the COVID and keep it from spreading throughout the body, thereby killing it in its origin spike phase. So we are we are talking about a, a system inside of our bodies that is crucial to our survival and that homeostasis in our overall well-being. 
then you get into, sorry, boom, here we go. Then we get into the delivery system, right? And now it becomes a matter of because you're asking now, how does he know or she know what should they be looking for and what should they take? There is no singular answer to that because your endocannabinoid system is completely different from my endocannabinoid system is completely different from Joe Blow's. Do you eat sugar? Do you exercise every day? Um, what time do you get out of bed every day? How much sun exposure do you get? And vitamin D do you get? Um, what does your diet absolutely look like? What are you flooding your system with? How much water are you taking in? How is your pH balance? I go into, when I'm working one-on-one, and I do this one-on-one, a very deep dive into who you are, what's your lifestyle, what are you putting in your mouth, how much exercise are you getting, please don't lie to me, and please be honest with me, and now I can tell you what you want to go out, walk into that dispensary and ask for and look for. Most bed tenders don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're just full of it. Each and every one of these strains that you now see, and I'm going to take it back, yeah, when you and I were kids and I was like, got my pager, yeah. Remember the days of the pager? Okay. <laughs> and we were like, okay, dialing for dollars. And he showed up with a dye bag. He licked and stuffed and he handed it to you. We had two options. You had Mexican shake. And if it was a lucky thing, you had some Afghani. And it had the purple hairs. And we were like, oh, see all that sugar? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're actually talking about the sugar are the trichomes. The trichomes are these little teeny tiny watery, blistery things that sit on top of the plant. That's where the oil is. And that's where the high comes from or the response that we're looking for, right? So to dive deep into what should they do, what should they take, how should they take it? Well, that all depends on you, your lifestyle, the pain you're experiencing and what's going on with you. So I have a patient who has rods in each ankle, averages 28 screws between the two of them, can't get a full bend in his feet, he's got broken feet, he's in pain 24-7, he's six foot four. he weighs 300 pounds of mass muscle, and he's on this total breakdown happening. So he's using a topical, that's 275 milligrams of full profile of cannabinoids, plus a slight amount of THC, and he's ingesting it, so he's eating capsules, um, dose based against his total mass and body weight. And then he's on a dietary restriction, absolutely zero sugar whatsoever, because that's going to cause inflammation and a further breakdown. Um, and he's been on that protocol now for about six months, and he is far more comfortable than he's ever been. Mm. Um, in the case of my mother, there's a good example. So my, my mother, this is kind of a hot topic, we don't really get along, but my mother was diagnosed seven years ago with stage four metastasized cancer was everywhere. And the, the diagnosis came when she took a step, her thigh bone literally shattered into pieces. And she found her 73 year old body in a hospital bed. And they're saying, you've got about six weeks. It's everywhere. The cancer is everywhere. How you're still here. Haven't complained. We don't know. Okay. Well, she's a Holocaust survivor. She doesn't talk about pain. She's been hiding it. So, they say, we can put a rod in your leg. You're never going to walk again. Get used to the wheelchair and get your affairs in order because you're on your way out. Maybe chemo will help if you want. Maybe. So I'm odd man out. They can't stand me. I'm a pothead. But my mom's holistic. So my dad does some research. Next thing that happens is the phone rings. And my dad goes, listen, you're the family pothead. What is this Rick Simpson oil? RSO. This made from the cannabis plant. He was starting to do a deep dive into holistic options, and this was the big topic at the time. And I said, funny you should ask. I'll be there in eight hours. 
And so I cruised on from Colorado, drive on down to Arizona and I show up and I've got my little bag and I say, okay, let's talk. Here's all the things. And my mother was like, ah, the devil's lettuce. Ah, no. Right. It's like the worst thing in the world. And so we started really getting down and dirty. And um, that six weeks has now turned into seven years. Wow. She's still with us. She will never be in remission, but she is controlling her cancer. That leg bone that was never going to grow back, she's walking. That leg bone grew back without any lesions. It is because of the cannabinoids, the phytocannabinoids we flood her body with every single day. She takes it a little bit differently. Ironically, you want, as a cancer patient, to flood the body with THC. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants that high, right? You know what that highest and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Just yeah. Okay. So um, if it's applied topically here or here, it bypasses the liver, you never get high. Also, if it's suppositories are available throughout the market everywhere in a medical state, send it up through the back end. Again, bypasses the liver, you never get high, but it's dispersing itself through the body in order to perform its medicinal purpose. Every delivery method, be it topical, ingested, a candy. I try to really steer people away from candy because sugar is an, is an accelerant for cancer cells. It is an accelerant for inflammation. It is an accelerant for gut issues. Sugar is really horrible for you. Um, so I try to get steer away from the sugars, and that includes white carbs. Um, but really the deep dive is into these extracts, and this is why – Everybody goes nuts, and now it's being infused in everything, including spirit. Oh, okay, yeah, I've I've see I've had a friend uh, years ago. Her uh, her, her father uh, had uh, uh, lung cancer, pretty advanced, and uh, one day she thought she heard that uh, marijuana could uh, help with the nausea, but she didn't think anything past that. But uh, so she went out. Got herself, uh, got herself some marijuana and uh, rolled one for her father, and he fought it just it, kind of like the way you said your mother uh, did. Uh, um, but uh, the only thing that really pissed him off, I remember, is he said this: uh, the stuff did get rid of the nausea, but I'm really annoyed that it made me tolerate sitcoms because uh, uh, he <laughs> he hated sitcoms, but he sat there and watched them for like two or three hours. <laughs> But, Isn't that funny? <laughs> but the way you're talking about uh, your delivery systems that you're talking about, it can pretty much get rid of the euphoric aspects of it. Yeah. If you choose, if you don't want that high, there are methods of delivery, as I said, through the wrist, the carotid, or the jugular, the carotid, or the up to the anus that will bypass the liver. And then they don't have that high experience. It's, it, it's got to bypass the liver in order to avoid the high. It's when it goes through that system that it spikes things up a bit for you. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, tell me about your website. Um, so my website is www.jessicaarent.com. Um, my company is called Promessa, um, but I couldn't get that URL. Um, so, I do consulting and I consult from seed to sale and on a corporate, on a big business side of things, I do everything from organizational charts to uh, the business plan. I can help you plan your grow. I am connected to, um, you know, 16 and 20 year generational breeders and genetics specialists. 
um, greenhouse specialists, anything, any moving part of this industry from the seed to the sale. But then I also work one-on-one -on -one with patients and I help them figure out their protocols so that they're all ready to go online and make their orders and they're all ready to walk themselves through the front door of their local dispensary or hemp store and just get what they need. Again, because when you're working locally, most don't don't come at this from the perspective behind the counter of your health and wellness. They're coming at it from the profit share. Mm. It's just retail. That's capitalism. So I provide a portal or a place where you can go, and um, it's fifty dollars telemedicine, fifty bucks. You pop in for an hour. If you don't use the whole hour, then you get credited. Um, and we have a very deep, it's like home medicine, right? When the house doctor walks in the front door and he's like, okay, let's talk. I don't, I don't want to know. I can't tell you what's wrong with you is you're not telling me what's going on with you. And so it's a very deep, private <laughs> conversation. And we talk about everything. You know, most people don't want to talk about their diets. They lie to their doctors about their diets and they want to talk about, you know, their lifestyle. They lie about their lifestyle. Well, it's like In Dr. this House. case, you don't. It's like Dr. House always said, everybody lies. It, so Everybody lies, right. <laughs> There's no reason to lie here, no inhibitions, right? Yeah. We're talking about cannabis. And so at the point in time that you know that you're reaching out to me and we're having that conversation, we're already talking about something that's very taboo. And that's that's really what I do it for. <clears throat> excuse me, we have created such a stigma. I am a 54-year-old woman. I have two extraordinary adult children, by biological and two adopted extraordinary children and one grandchild. I am the biggest advocate for this, particularly with my generation, because they're so busy shoving pharmaceuticals down our throats that they are aging us much faster than we need to be aging. And they are debilitating us at a speed that is ridiculous okay i'm only 54 years old are you kidding me get out of my way i gotta go dancing i won't go ride my bike get my rollerblades out i'm not dead for god's sakes this is not my mother's generation right mm. well the truth is is that my body doesn't really operate the same way that it did 20 years ago and therein is the disconnect cannabis is absolutely anti-aging I am super proud of the way I look. No, I've never had plastic surgery with the exception of getting fixed from car accidents, maybe tooth here and there and some other things, but nothing major. Okay. This is the face I was born with. This is the skin I was born with. Also the largest organ. Hello. And I smear that stuff all over mm. for everything. Um, it is everybody that I know that is a user looks young, feels young, acts young. They're healthy. And they feel great. And there are no side effects. There are products in the market that can help you lose weight. I have a friend that lost 30 pounds on a happy little date pen from a company called CaliFX. There are products out there that will help you increase your appetite because God knows we have a surplus of people in the world that have dietary and food issues that are psychological issues and they need help. There are products in the market that will alleviate pain. There are products in the market that will anti-age you and reverse aging. There are products for your eyes, ocular products, GNL wellness. There is dental products, mouthwash, because your teeth are conduits to your chakras and all of your major organs. And actually, there are some books that say you can study that a root canal over here led yourself to the cancer over here. So everything that is in this industry that is 
provided or allowed that you're finding on the shelves has a purpose, including spirits that are infused. There's a product in the market called Addictivo, and they've actually infused just the terpenes. They haven't infused anything else. So it's got kind of that scent, but those terpenes have holistic benefits to them. That scent has a benefit. So every moving part of this industry in some way, shape, or form has a quality product behind it. What you want to look for um, are some key factors in making sure that the products that you're using are good quality products because there's some funk products out there. Of course. So, um, yeah, that's by tracing. Let me see if I can find one because these products, of course, don't have any. Please hold. QR codes. So every product now in most of these legal states, I don't think I have a label, um, has to have a QR code. And you should be able to tap on that QR code with your camera on your phone, on your smartphone. It should take you to something called the Certificate of Analysis. It's a third-party DEA-approved um, lab test. It comes from a third-party lab. Um, and that will tell you what the potencies are on the cannabinoid profiles. That will show you that the THC levels are legal levels. And then it should show you microbes and metals, any other solvents that might have been used, so you know that you're using a safe product. Now you mentioned uh, to keep this on uh, in the bartending uh, uh, back to the bar industry. Uh, you mentioned hemp infused uh, liquors, and I I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit. I should have asked that before talking to you about your website, actually. But uh, hemp infused liquors, you mentioned earlier that you don't suggest uh, sugar along with the uh, CBD or anything like that. Now, is there a different effect since we're using hemp? Uh, I don't know what they put in with the hemp infused, uh, like the vodkas or any of the other stuff. I don't know if they're putting in CBD or any of the other things that you were talking about, uh, or if it's just a distilled process that they decided to do. But um, you said that you don't suggest sugar to go along with uh, that sort of thing, but adding alcohol and it uh, alcohol uh, spirits have their own sugar base to it uh, is... That uh, it does. There, is there any difference there? Because I'm looking at things like, yeah, like blood vessel. It's kind of intuitive. And, uh, I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to talk bad about the uh, any of the companies out there, but I was just wondering what uh, is what are the benefits of that? Or there aren't any. There aren't any real benefits to blending a spirit and the cannabinoids together because it's counterintuitive. Because there, with the exception of tequila, um, every other spirit in the market attacks a major organ. It's an expressive attack. It is not, it's not healing. So tequila is a natural probiotic. Um, it aids in weight loss. It, it aids in metabolism and um, thyroid. There's a number of health benefits to tequila. So in that case, slow and sugar which is why if you only drink tequila and you don't mix it with sugar, you'll never have a hangover. But the, the properties of the agave and the blue Weber agave, which is what it takes to make tequila, and the cannabinoids of the cannabis plant or the hemp plant have benefits harmoniously. And there are recipes and poultices and topicals that date back with the Oaxacans that combine the two that go back hundreds of years. So it's known among the Indians. Conversely, when you start going to the moonshine side of things, because no Indian ever made vodka, mm -hmm. and no Indian ever made gin, it's not, none of those products are indigenous products. They're not 
really plant-based products. They're, they've been manipulated. Over here, if I take tequila, basically I'm taking a, a, a piña, the core of the plant, and I'm going to stick it in this giant thing and let a mule drag a cement thing over it until I pulp it out and get some juice, and then I'm going to put the juice in the barrel and let it do its own natural thing. Everything else is kind of manipulated. You have to manipulate the vodkas. You have to manipulate the gin. You have to manipulate the rums. Hello, rums, pure sugar. Mm-hmm. So on that side of the spirits, no, it's not really well recommended when you get to a healthier side. And we are seeing actually healthier spirits come to market. Then that's where it gets into, yes, it can be beneficial. We still don't have enough science about it. The hot topic really is, can you blend THC and alcohol? That's really what I'm hearing a lot about. And I'm like, never in a day is the TABC ever going to prove that. Mm. We already struggle with changing metabolisms and what's really a verifiable DUI alcohol tolerance at that point A. We have no way of knowing because every endocannabinoid system is different what those numbers and tolerance numbers would be on the site of THC for an example. So that's why you'll never see them really truly blended. What you're seeing on the shelf is a scent, a terpene. So I took a scent from this little plant right here and that skunk scent or that cheesy scent or that blueberry scent and that's what I infused into that alcohol. That's what you're going to see on the sides of gins, et cetera. Oh, okay. I get it. Um, yeah, I, it's... Uh... Uh, hemp infused uh, spirits has been a uh, big buzzword lately. And uh, uh, also uh, non-alcoholic spirits has been a big buzz- buzzword and I don't understand why, but. Uh, Seltzers. Oh, I- because now they're selling, they're selling the energies and they're selling the seltzers as an added benefit. Listen, you can go to any bar. So let's use Texas. Texas was that first state that said, oh, no, you can't do CBD here. Don't you bring that stuff here. I actually know, excuse me, I actually know a brand that got popped because it was sent. They were a private label. They had their labels done and their product formulated in Colorado. They sent it over state lines into Texas. This was eight years ago. DEA caught wind of it. There was a raid. Women went to jail, husbands went to jail, children went to social services. They stripped them of everything. They get it all cleaned up, straightened out, they pack up their shop, and they go to L.A. where it's legal. Now, Texas is one of those states where if you want a big, you can shove it in any hole, you can wipe it down on any part, you can eat it, you can drink it, you can whatever the hell you want to do with it. Texas is a no-holds-barred state. So Texas gets smart. And every bar up on Washington Avenue in the Houston Heights area, which is like the hottest, trendiest place to be in Houston, they all offer CBD additives to all of their cocktails. Make it healthy. Mm-hmm. Avoid the hangover. The truth is, if you were to take a full spectrum CBD product the morning after, you'll never have a hangover. Hmm. So it's, it's a hot product in the markets in which it is allowed as the bartender seen and it is a great additive and it, it's an uptick in your sales you add a drop of this and a drop of that a drop of this costs you 50 cents but you could charge five bucks they think they're drinking something even healthier for them pop bang and now you sell it with listen keep your sugars down and you won't be hung over tomorrow and it's a healthy experience i've been making jokes uh i'm originally from uh portland oregon and I've been living out in Texas for the last 11 years for, uh, uh, for work. And uh, what was it? 
uh, well, it doesn't matter what, what time it was. It's just uh, when Denver or when Colorado legalized it, all of a sudden uh, the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. And then when Washington legalized it, the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And basically I turned to every Texan that's out here and I said, you know, Denver legalized it. Washington legalized it. If the Cowboys want a ring, you know, you know what you got to do. Right. And, uh, you know, people laugh at that joke all the time. But, uh, uh, yeah, Texas, uh, the CBD uh, oils have been kind of leaking their way into uh, into various stores and uh, things, even where I live in West Texas, which is um, – if you if there's a bright side of the universe, I'm on the planet that's farthest from, but it, uh, it, it's uh, it. There's not a lot out here, but um, but they're starting to make their way into various stores and uh, mostly uh, where I live in vape uh, type of situations. I don't I haven't seen too many of the gummies or anything like that around here, but uh, it it's slowly making its way into the markets out here, but the, what, from what you've told me from what you would advise through your company, uh, it's more than just, you know, this is CBD. Here you go. Your problems yeah. are solved. It, uh, you should actually take the time to, uh, you, you make it sound like that you should actually take it the time to, uh, really study what you're looking for, what kind of benefits you're looking for to get from this, product instead of just hey it's cbd i'll take it i'll give you an example um a golf pro that i met at a tournament not too long ago um had a conversation with me about his daughter 19 years old freshman at college she has been a runner since she was seven years old to tell you what that does to a body of a child because mom insisted on this is devastating especially a girl and she now has literally growing pain. This girl is constantly in pain. And then she was in a car accident and it did additional damage. So she's, she's really struggling now. She's at college and, and everything's off balance. And now her pain has just increased exponentially. So dad says, listen, can you have a conversation with her? Will you work with her? And so I had an hour long conversation with her. I want to say that was just about eight weeks ago. And I said to her, if I don't hear from you, it's all good news. Because you won't register you're in pain to call me. Okay. I have not heard from this kid since we started her protocol. After a long conversation with her, we had to cut all her fried food, all her white food. Her coffee intake had to change. We had to make adjustments on the sugars. We had to make adjustments on when and what time she was putting these foods into her body. We had to make adjustments on when and what time she was getting her physical exercise. And then we had to make adjustments on how she was going to get sleep because she wasn't sleeping. She was living on a hot pot. Her dining options were limited because she's on a school campus and we had to get really creative. And then I gave her the protocols. These are the molecules that you need. You need them in these volumes and you need them at these times of the day in these ways. Okay. Dad messaged two or three days ago and said, completely different kid. She is so comfortable. She's living her best life. She's eating all the foods. She had two or three times where she decided she was going to put you to the test and ate some crap, took her days to recover. But it's listening to your body. 
It is understanding how your body works and understanding that God did not create man-made medicine and compounds and all of those little things we press together in something this big, throw into our body and send it into overdrive, into catastrophic situations, especially for my generation of women. Listen, we're already hormonal. We stop bleeding. Our hair is falling out. We don't know which end is up half the time. We can't remember anything. Okay. And I manage all of that with a plant, a simple plant, not an aspirin, not some pharmaceutical remedy, not some ADHD medicinal thing. No, it's just that plant. But I've dialed in exactly what strains and how I put that plant in my body so that I can control my own personal issues. That's how it works. We, we were designed with waters, minerals, air, plants, animals, all the things we needed to survive. Nobody ever said, make this into a plastic compound and eat that and put that in your body. Make this into a preservative or shove that in your face. Strip down this product, turn it into sugar, add more sugar. Oh yeah, and compound that sugar, which by the way, isn't natural sugar. Cane sugar is completely different than the stuff we are eating. And if we understood all of that, we could better control the way we function and harmonize with what's coming at us. Because to be honest with you, when we're talking about the compulsion of homeostasis, the body's ability to function at its most optimum prime under any condition. Well, those conditions come out of exhaust pipes, factories, uh, ventilators, filters, the food that goes in my body, the stuff that that food has been wrapped in, the way that I cook that food. Actually, I don't use a microwave. Um, everything. And every the, the clothes we put on our body, every single one of those moving parts is part and parcel to the quality of life that we live. Wrap yourself in plastic, eat the plastic, suck down the plastic, you will feel like plastic. Same deal with sugars. Same deal with soda pops. Listen, I used to be 320 pounds. No joke. Oh, really? Yeah. And the day I turned 28, I went, that'll be that, and started this journey. We, we are a composite of what we put in and what we breathe. And what we're looking for and aiming for is a more natural lifestyle, quality of life, without all that other stuff mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. Well, um, we're coming up on last call right now. So I just want to thank you so much for taking the time, sharing your knowledge, uh, of the, uh, of everything, uh, when it comes to the hemp industry, because you, you've broken down a lot of stigmas that you, even in my head, and hopefully that a lot, a lot of people that uh, listen to this will, uh, catch on a little bit too. It's not just all about, it's just the marijuana or just the hemp. It's, there's m- many details it sounds like that you uh, that you've opened my mind up to, so thank you so much for that. Now, uh, before before you go, uh, would you like to tell the audience uh, how uh, uh, how to get a hold of you, your website, your TikTok, yeah. all all that stuff? Uh, okay, so my TikTok is where my enchanted the alter ego lives. Um, that is the hemp underscore enchantress e n c a n n t r e s s. My website is www.jessicaarent.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can Google me and find me on Forbes. Um, I'm Instagram. You can find me just about anywhere. 
Um, you can book an appointment on my website if you want to. You can book time for um, a health check if you want to. Um, you want to just send me a message to talk about something, hit me up. I'm always open to the conversation. I do this for your quality of life. Now, do you do telehealth appointments because uh, uh, talk to people anywhere in the world also? Yep. Yep. I'm actually featured in India right now. Oh, cool. Which is super fun. Um, India is actually blending cannabinoid sciences with ashkwanda. So we're seeing some amazing things come of that too. But yes, I do tele-meetings and um, they're absolutely private. It's never recorded. Everything is done in lifetime um, and everything is very discreet. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. All right, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol, so come on up to the bar and get something. Otherwise, you ain't getting nothing for the rest of the night, at least until tomorrow. Big thanks to Jessica Arndt for being on the show. And, uh, you know, she taught me a lot about the, uh, broke down a lot of stigmas for me when it came to uh, hemp-related products or marijuana and cannabis and all that sort of thing. Um, Because, you know, like I said before, my mind has always been in the nineties when it came to cannabis. And like I said, it was just a whole bunch of people sitting around a table and smoking out and talking about how, you know, God, I'm so stoned. Are you stoned? Oh God. Yeah. I'm so stoned there. She's opened my mind a lot to all the other benefactors that are involved with cannabis. And, uh, you know, I can see a lot of the benefits that come away from it now. Uh, especially when it comes to uh, hemp-infused spirits or hemp-infused foods or something like that, because it's not about getting high. It's not about the euphoric feeling that you get from cannabis. It's about the flavors. You might like the flavors that you... uh, It it might have a good flavor pairing to whatever you're uh, cooking or you're pouring. And, you know, it, uh, it... we had a long talk about it after I stopped the recording and it's um, actually, you know, really great idea. And I'm really happy that I got a chance to talk to her a little bit about it and, um, you know, hopefully pass that information on to you guys. But with that said, remember to share, like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment on Hey Bartender Podcast. You can find me on Apple Music. You can find me on or Apple Podcasts. I'm sorry. Uh, Spotify, and uh, Anchor.fm. You can even leave a a voice message for me on Anchor.fm. If you have something to say, just let me know, and I'd love to play it on the podcast. Not to mention, if you want to be a guest on Hey Bartender Podcast, I am accepting guests at all times. If you spent time in the service industry and you have a few cool stories to share or want to tell people uh, what your life has become uh, out of your experience in the service industry, by all means, Message me. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast, or you can email me, dude at HeyBartenderPodcast.com. Remember to listen to the mighty Laura Hope and the Arctones on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, go uh, check out all their music. They are so awesome. I am very lucky to have them as uh, the theme song for this podcast. And they've got a lot of other great songs out there. You just got to check them out. Remember, if you have any more questions about cannabis or you have some issues in your life that you think that cannabis might be beneficial for you, remember to contact 
www.jessicaarnt.com and uh, tell her hey bartender podcast sent you uh and she will help you out and uh i'm sure that whatever uh problem that you have she will be able to point you in the right direction or help you with it and maybe even ask her about her vast tequila knowledge wow wasn't that impressive but anyway, people, uh, as usual, that's the end of Hey Bartender Podcast for this week. Join me next week. I'm, I usually post a new show every Saturday around 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as always, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.